The Yankees and the Angels just finished their game. And despite both teams' best efforts, one of them actually won. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Where's my lower third? What happened to my lower third? I had a lower third. I am, while I looked for my lower third, I'll tell you that I am an Emmy-nominated television producer. There it is, who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now. It's my fifth full season here. At the Lockdown Podcast Network, you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Today, we're going to be talking about the two most dysfunctional teams in baseball locking antlers in a game where one of them was bound to lose. I don't think any one of the teams won, but one of them certainly lost. Also, Two teams decide to party like it's 1966 as the Dodgers and the Orioles locked antlers in a thrilling game of which the Orioles had a certain script that looked like it was going to be written, and the Dodgers said, not so fast. A couple other big games, including arguably the greatest relief pitching performance by a Red Sox in recent years. I'll explain why. And we also have the trivia question. Hey, um, I decided, like, the trivia question I put up, um, it's not that I thought it was an easy question. I just thought I, I wanted to see a bunch of people got it. And, of course, Craig got it. Amy got it. You always get the question right. Um, who are some other people who got it right? Uh, uh, Amy, yeah, Amy Green, of course, got it right. Uh, Steve Kuklinka, if I'm not pronouncing your name correctly, I'm sorry. My buddy Marcel in Switzerland, Cubs fan with an eight, got it right. And uh, a couple other people got it right. I, uh, the question was, who's the only person to manage the All-Star game as the manager of the Expos and why? And the answer was, of course, Felipe Alou managed the 1995 National League squad because of the strike the previous year. Because of the strike the previous year, the Expos had the best record in the National League at the time of the strike, so he managed the National League All-Stars and Buck Showalter of the Yankees managed the American League All-Stars. There have been a few manager uh, quirks in All-Star game history. Uh, one year, Dick Williams managed the American League All-Stars as the Angels manager because he resigned from the A's after managing them to the World Series title in 1973 and earned the right to manage the All-Star team the next year. Um, he, But he left, and he wound up uh, joining the Angels. And the Angels were the only teams he didn't have any success with as a manager. Uh, another weird one was in 1982. In 81, the World Series was between the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Yankees. And Bob Lemon, this was back when George Steinbrenner would change the manager every hour on the hour. And for some reason, that has been romanticized as him being a really strong leader, um, even though it was, it had disastrous results for most of the eighties and into the nineties. Uh, he, Bob Lemon was the manager at the end of the year of 81 
and managed them into the World Series. But by the time they got to the All-Star game, Bob Lemon was already fired. And so instead of having Gene Michael, the new manager of the Yankees manage, they decided to have the runner-up in the American League, the manager of the uh, team that the Yankees beat in the ALCS the year before, which were the Oakland A's. Ergo, Billy Martin was the manager in the 1982 All-Star game as the manager of the A's. But don't worry, he was managing the Yankees the very next year. Not the year after that, but the year after that. Not the year after that, but two years after that. Anyway, um, some and also uh, Dusty Baker managed the All-Star game in 2003 as the Cubs manager. He had managed the Giants to within six outs of the World Series title in 2002, resigned, signed with the Cubs the next year, and so the Cubs had Dusty managing there. So there's some quirks in there. All right, let's get on to the the big game that just ended. In fact, you know, prevented me from doing this podcast today because I wanted to, I wanted to uh, not post this podcast without commenting on what happened in Anaheim. And the problem is the game kept going on and on. Uh, you have the two most dysfunctional teams in baseball, not the two worst teams, just dysfunctional and sort of headline grabbing in their dysfunction as the Angels take took on the, the New York Yankees. And of course, the Angels are dysfunctional because here we are. It is this episode is being dropped on the 18th day of July. We're almost in late July and the Angels still have a losing record. And with just a few weeks away from the trade deadline, they have to make, and we talked about in yesterday's show, they have to make a potential franchising-altering decision. One is you sign Shohei Otani right now for whatever amount of money he's asking for because he's worth every penny, or you trade him right now because you're never going to get more value from him right now. If you let him walk, you'll get absolutely piddly-poo for him. And, of course, the Angels have been playing – just rancid baseball as they sit. The the only the Oakland A's are keeping them out of the cellar in the American League West right now, and so in comes you know the, so the Angels are just just floundering and not playing smart baseball, and of course with Mike Trout not in the lineup, it makes it even harder. And of course in come the Yankees, and the Yankees have done a bunch of you know headline grabbing weirdness going on there. I've talked a lot about why I think Brian Cashman has long since uh, overstayed his welcome. Um, I don't think Aaron Boone is the problem, but he's certainly not the solution. And today in Anaheim, wow, did I mention wow. Uh, listen to Locked On Yankees and Stacy Gasulis and Steve are going to break that down. But the Yankees they fired their hitting coach and they brought in Sean Casey, who was supposed to turn things around. Of course, they brought in Sean Casey, gave the, you know, during the all-star break and they were going to head to Coors Field, which is a hitter's paradise. So therefore it was going to, it's the easiest uh, set of games you can possibly have where they were going to play the worst team in the national league in the single greatest hitters park in the history of baseball with a slumping offense. So naturally the Yankees were going to put on a hitting display, but they didn't. And they lost two out of three to the Colorado Rockies. And in the first two games, the they scored a flurry of runs early and then were shut out the rest of the way. And in the third game, the disastrous extra inning loss where they had leads in the eighth and in extra innings, 
um, and they didn't get an extra base hit in Coors. I didn't think that was physically possible. But the Yankees went into this series with the Angels. When you take a look at the, let's see, one, two, three, the, the, they had a six-series run where the Yankees had to start piling up wins because it was a pretty soft part of their schedule. They had three games against the A's, the worst team in baseball, three t- games against the St. Louis Cardinals, who are completely dysfunctional. They need four against Baltimore, who are one of the best teams in baseball. We'll get to them later in the podcast. Then three games against the Cubs, who are spiraling. Three games against the Colorado Rockies, who are the worst team in the National League. And now three games against the sputtering Angels. This is a series which, if you took a look at Baltimore and said, okay, you split those two games, you hope to split those two games, but win the rest of those series at least take two out of three from each of them. They should be at this point after 17 games of that run, they should be 11 and six. They should be five games above 500 in that stretch. In that stretch, they're seven and 10. They have a losing record. And oddly, the one thing they did right was splitting two with Baltimore. They do. They won two and lost two with Baltimore. No shame in that. They threw the perfect game in Oakland, but since then they lost the series to St. Louis They haven't won a series since the perfect game. They lost a series in St. Louis. They split against Baltimore. They lost a series against the Cubs. They lost a series against Colorado. And unless they win the next two games against the Angels, they're going to lose the series against the Angels. This is why, you know, as the Red Sox absolutely pounded the A's, the Red Sox are in fourth place. The Yankees are in last place by themselves. And the Red Sox, by the way, the A's just absolutely got manhandled. And Nick Pavetta put on, I think, the second greatest relief performance in the history of the Red Sox, where he pitched six innings of shutout ball. He struck out 13 batters, a record for a relief appearance. It was basically an opener, you know, uh, you know, uh, situation with the Red Sox. The reason I say the second best is because Ernie Shore came into a game started by Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Uh, was ejected after the first batter, and Ernie Shore retired the next 27 batters. So I would say that's the greatest relief performance of all time. But as I hinted, the Yankees are in last place by themselves right now. And what happened in Anaheim, we need to discuss because uh, nothing is solved positively for any of the teams involved. All right, everyone, it's time to talk a little bit about game time. Now, let me tell you something, folks. I am up here in the Bay Area for a few weeks, and you know what? I want to see the Red Sox play the A's. Now, that's pretty easy to get those tickets. I, don't, I didn't mean to stun anybody, but getting those tickets are no are not really that difficult. However, the Red Sox are also going to be playing the Giants, and the Giants are a harder ticket to come by. And... I want to just go see the Red Sox and the Giants, my team against the team my dad rooted for. I'm super excited about it, but I don't need to worry about tickets. Do you know why? I'm using game time. You buy your tickets for the events you're going to go to. It's the fast and easy way to get your tickets, not just for baseball, but for any sporting event, music event. Check it out for comedy, theater, all the events nearby you. You got great deals. 
last-minute tickets, and the best guaranteed price. You can stop stressing over the tickets and just get excited about seeing the ball game. Get flash deals. Hey, we got a great deal coming up. Right to your phone. You'd easy to buy the tickets and get the image of the seats. You know what? I think that would be a good seat. Let's take a look at it. You take a look at the view. And you know what? It's fantastic. Forget planning months in advance. they got the best deals for you, flash deals. And they also have the game time guarantee, which means you're always going to get the best price. And if you find the tickets in the same section row for less somewhere else, guess what? Game time will give you 110% credit of the difference. Now, here's the deal. Snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Download the game time app. And create an account. Use the code locked on and they'll be for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices. They're guaranteed. Yeah, I'm going to that game. I don't know if this was a great game or not that happened in Anaheim while many of you were asleep, but it certainly was entertaining. And this is coming right off the heels for Yankee fans with that extra inning debacle uh, against the Colorado Rockies. Now, the reason why this game was so strange is going into it, I, I made, you know, I kind of made the joke right up front, which is, well, someone technically has to win this game. These two teams that seem hell bent to lose all the big games we want to play. And through five, both teams were playing like teams that had no desire to win the game. Both teams were making weird mistakes. Both teams were swinging at bad pitches. And twice, Angels were thrown out at home plate. And one time, it was at a, a slow ground, you know, a, you know a, a grounder to third where Hunter Renfro broke home and he was out by 15 feet. In a rally where the Angels had, uh, you know, two runners at second and third with nobody out. And Luis Severino, who has not exactly been pitching like Bob Gibson in his prime recently, was kind of sort of on the ropes. And you could see that the Yankees' bats are just still sputtering. I don't care who is the batting coach right now. The Yankees' bats are just a mess right now. And if you take a look at this team, you know, I mean, yeah, they 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 stumbled across something by having um, Peraza be the leadoff man. And he actually wound up getting on base five times. So maybe the Yankees are on to something. But Stanton is awful these days. You know, Rizzo can't buy a hit. They were talking on uh, WFAN how he was batting like at one point he was batting 300. And now, you know, he's batting two, 250 right now. and you know, Severino, whose ERA right now is 666. His ERA is the number of the beast. You would think you'd be able to get a big rally off of him. And the Angels just coughed it up. Meanwhile, the the Angels lineup doesn't have Mike Trout in it, has Shohei Otani, and somebody explained this to me. In a lineup filled with, I, I had to check if I was in the lineup. All right. A lineup filled with a lot of people where you either are saying they're still cashing a check or who the hell is that? They had their shortstop on NATO. Is that how you pronounce his name? Zach NATO batting leadoff, 
with Shohei Otani batting second. Somebody sit down and explain that to me. Why you have the greatest player on the planet right now, and you have someone else getting more plate appearances than him. Somebody sit down and use little words to explain that to me. Now, meanwhile, Otani was looking around going like, I can't believe I'm playing with these schmucks. So I have to do everything myself. And so he wound up getting a hit here. Then he wound up getting a double uh, uh, off of Severino. And then came the moment. The Yankees had taken a three nothing, a three to one lead. Uh, the catcher Thace had hit a home run to make it for the Angels' lone run. There were two outs, a runner on, and Shohei Otani was uh, at the plate. And I believe it was Marinaccio was pitching. I got a little. Yeah, it was Marinaccio. No, it was King. Sorry, it was King pitching for the Yankees. Sorry. All these formerly good pitchers who now stink, uh, they're starting to glom together in my head. And Otani was up. Now, Moniak was batting behind him, and he's hitting well. And Ward has some power. But Otani, I don't know if you've noticed, has been pretty good this year. But they decided to pitch to him. And what did he do? He had a game-tying home run of which everybody on the planet knew it was gone the nanosecond it hit his bat. Even Otani did a bat flip. And, and like how I was saying, why the hell is Otani batting second? Someone better come up with an explanation of why Otani was pitched to at that particular moment. Meanwhile, runners get on base and huge strikeouts, and Otani wound up coming up as a chance to hit a walk-off home run in the ninth, and he swung and he grabbed his back. Now, look at I don't know what's going on. Maybe he just pulled something. If he hurt his back, oh, my God, I'm going to completely uh, uh, pull a Vader in the throne room of Return of the Jedi and say, now his failure is complete in regards to the uh, Angels front office. But then it goes into extras. And nobody can ever explain to me why if you manage to to sneak through Ghost Runner on second for the other team and you know all you got to do is knock in the run and you win the game, will someone please explain to me why you don't automatically bump that runner over to third? If you have a situation where you have runner on third with one out, and a fly ball wins the ball game. Why aren't you doing that again? But either way, um, the Yankees wound up losing the game. Uh, the the walk off hit was who the hell? I you know what? I honestly I don't even remember who got the some uh, uh, Joe Bag of Donuts uh, of the Angels. Uh, Michael Stefanik. Congratulations, he got the walk off hit, and the uh, Angels wound up winning that game. And I've made this point, and of course, look at, you know, uh, good for the Angels. And the Yankees are going to look, they have to win these next two games if they want to win this series. Otherwise, again, they will have played one, two, three, they'll play five series since the perfect game and lose all five, you know, split the series with Baltimore and lose four out of five series. They haven't won a series since the series with Oakland. And that's why the Yankees are kind of out of it right now. And I made this point before, and I'm going to make it again. 
This is a team that is built completely around Aaron Judge. And we are almost at the point. In three games, we're going to be at the point where they'll have played exactly the same number of games without him than with him. They played 49 games with Aaron Judge, and they've played 46 games without him. With Aaron Judge, their record is 30-19. and 19. That's a 6-12 winning percentage. That'd be a 99-win team. And now they've, like, I did this before, but now that we're almost at it, we're almost at the point where it's equal, there is no way they can be above 500 without Judge because they are, they play 46 without him and they're 20 and 26. There's six games under 500 without him. That's a 434 winning percentage. That would be a 92 loss team. When I did this exercise a few weeks ago, they would be a sub 500 team. Now they'd be a 90 loss team without him. And they look every bit of it. So right now, you know, the three teams in last place by themselves in the American League are the Royals, the A's, and the Yankees. Of course, the Yankees are better than the Orioles and the A's. Not the Orioles, I'm sorry, the Royals and the A's. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because right now they're out of a playoff spot. And another team is, you know, the, the, the Red Sox have leapfrogged them. And another team's gaining on them really, really fast. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of the other games that went on, including a potential World Series preview, which if this is a World Series preview, uh, yes, please. You know, when we talked about the Angels and the Yankees are two dysfunctional teams and something had to give because both teams seem held up to lose all their games, the exact opposite was the series between Los Angeles and Baltimore. I said they're partying like it's 1966 because the 1966 World Series was between Baltimore and L.A. and filled with Hall of Famers. Frank Robinson, Brooks Robinson, Jim Palmer, Luis Aparicio on the Orioles side, and of course, Koufax and Drysdale and all of them on the Dodgers side. Uh, the Orioles stunned the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers were heavily favored defending World Series champions, and the Orioles stunned them with a with a four-game sweep. Well, the Orioles have been on an absolute rampage to the point where they are breathing down the neck of Tampa Bay. Remember when Tampa Bay looked like they are they going to win 120 games, like they're going to run away with the division? Uh, with, Tampa Bay lost tonight to Texas. They lost on a wild pitch of all things, which means that the Rays have fallen behind the Orioles in the loss column, the all-important loss column. And the Orioles, and but the Dodgers have been on a rampage themselves. Remember how for much of the year, the, you know, the Diamondbacks have been in first place. Well, by winning all these games recently, including eight of their last 10 and almost sweeping the Mets, uh, the Dodgers are in first place by themselves again. So this looked like two teams just on a rampage squaring off in Camden Yards. And at the beginning of the game, it really looked like it was going to be, you know, for the first inning, Mountcastle got the double, Frazier drove in a run, Gunnar Henderson got the triple, Adley Rutschman honer. It was 4-1 to one Baltimore in the fifth inning, and it looked like, wow, you know, the Orioles are making a statement, and if they had won this game, they would have pulled into a virtual tie with Tampa Bay, and then it happened. Uh, you know, the you know the 
Dodgers start picking at, picking at with two outs. Chris Taylor, you know, the Dodgers have been having a lot of trouble with their right-handed bats, but Chris Taylor came up and smashed a grand slam, which essentially ended the scoring for the day, but capped off a five-run rally. And with that, uh, you know, the, you know, Brazier, yet another member of the 2018 Red Sox are on the Dodgers. Uh, Brazier got the save and the Dodgers wound up winning that game. Uh, six to four against Baltimore. That was an ab- it was an absolute thriller, I think. And if, again, if that's going to be any, if that's a potential matchup for the World Series, that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, Wells is going uh, this afternoon uh, and against Grove, who I don't, who I'm not familiar with, young pitcher coming up there. So we're going to see uh, a big, big matchup for that. By the way, another team that uh, you know don't sleep on them right now. Granted, they're a team that has a losing record in approaching, uh, you know, mid as we're in mid July, almost in late July. But the Minnesota Twins lost to the Seattle Mariners, who are who are now above 500. And it was, you know, it was a close game. Uh, you know, the Mariners had a big uh, a big rally, but uh, Max Kepler hit a big home run. They scored three in the ninth, but it was just short, and the Mariners. Finally got above 500. The Twins are barely about, you know, one game above 500. But alas, the Guardians play the Pirates. Remember the Pirates were good? They were fun for a little bit. Today, they didn't show up. Naylor got a big home run. Kelly pitched well. Um, and the Guardians blew the doors off the dump in PNC with a final score 11 to nothing. And with that, you know, Again, it's the AL Central. You can have a losing record and be still in it. You know, but Cleveland's only a game and a half out of first place. And granted, the Pirates have been playing horribly recently. But anytime you have an 11-run outburst for a team that everyone has been saying, you know, they can't score, they can't score, they can't score. I don't know. It's got to be a little encouraging that they scored quite like that. So, you know, you take a look at some of the races right now. You know, we're now at that point, especially with, with the trade deadline looming. You got to say, what triggers can you pull right now? If you're the Red Sox, I maintain you don't make a gigantic trade. You hope you can get sale back. You hope you can get story back. You try to pick up players who other teams are just trying to discard to sort of patch in some holes. Because right now, if the Red Sox wind up being the third wild card team, that's huge. For the squad. Of course, the Yankees, what are you going to do? I mean, right now they need another bat. More than anything, they need another bat. But they'll probably need another arm at one point, too. I don't know. They're just, they're absolutely floundering right now. Um, and I would say Cleveland also needs just a, a bat to pick up this momentum. And Seattle, mind you, right now, the Seattle Mariners are only one game back in the lost column of the Yankees. They're creeping up. They're creeping up right now. They're a disappointing team, a team that had a very good uh, 2021, narrowly missed the playoffs, made the playoffs last year, got to the division series. We're supposed to be a very good team and have been not playing well this year, but they're starting to win. They've won their last couple of games. They've won six of their last 10 are creeping up. You can't sleep on some of these teams. So, We'll see what happens, and we'll also see what happens with the Dodgers. The Giants had a uh, game 
which was tied, uh, which is suspended uh, at 2-2 against Cincinnati. I think friend of the podcast, Jeff Carr, may have been at that game. But the suspended game is going to be played tomorrow. So there is a possibility that the Giants could pick up two games tomorrow if they can beat the Reds twice. And then you have Baltimore, L.A. The Giants right now are sitting just two games out of first place. So a lot of interesting stuff has happened. But, you know, again, if you want to see dysfunction, watch the Angels and the Dodgers. If you want to watch a potential fun World Series matchup, that one you watch between L.A. and the Baltimore Orioles. Hey, time for a new trivia question here. And it has to do with pitchers who have won the Cy Young Award and the World Series MVP in the same year. It's happened a few times. In fact, one person did it twice. But only once did the player who won the Cy Young Award and the World Series MVP in the same season, only one is not in the Hall of Fame. This is kind of like the Hideo Nomo no-hitter. He was the only person to throw a no-hitter in the American League and the National League to not be in the Hall of Fame. And I have to be clear, by that I mean the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown because Hideo Nomo is in the Japan Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, This player, who was the World Series MVP and the Cy Young Award winner in the same year, is not in the Hall of Fame. And I don't know for sure if he's in any Hall of Fame. He may be in his high school's Hall of Fame. I don't know. Neither do you. But that is our trivia question. Send it to the comments at uh, uh, Locked On MLB. You can send them off uh, to the Locked On MLB pods on Twitter and Instagram and Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Taking a look at Dysfunction, great series. And what's already shaping up to be a wonderful buildup to the trade deadline. This is Locked On MLB for the 18th day of July, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.